Hi, it's Joe. Hi, friends. Aislinn here. And we want to welcome you to the second half of Season 3 of Dinner Table Talks. We are so glad that you are here at our table with us, and we are looking forward to all of the great talks that we're going to have. If you enjoy what you hear, tell a friend. Grab a drink and get your most comfortable chair. Pull it up to the table because we're about to get into it. the idea was now okay i wanted to remind everybody to do a rain dance okay well first of all i actually need the rain tomorrow which by the time you hear this it won't be tomorrow anymore it'll be like yesterday or something like that anyways the point i'm trying to make is it's supposed to rain tomorrow and i planted wildflowers today Mm -hmm. basically what would be considered a border row or like a farmscaping border of flowers beneficial flowers all different types of seeds And this is the time of year when the rains are really, really important because if we get the moisture in the ground right now, then as the summer comes, we can stop watering and things will still have enough moisture in the soil to pull out and to stay alive like the pumpkins and the cantaloupes and the watermelons and all of those types of things that we don't want to water all the time. How can people rain dance for you after they hear this? Just don't curse it away. It's rainy season and we need the rain. Don't curse the rain away. Let's have some rain. That's the best way you can do it. Now you could do it the way I have done it a time or two. And that is like to take all your clothes off and go outside in the backyard and dance around when the little bit of rain starts to act like it's coming. You could never run for mayor if photos of that got out. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, because naked bodies are against the rules. See, that's the thing about me and the city limits. Everything I ever wanted to do in life is illegal. If I want to be outside nude in my 10-acre property, then I can be nude. Do you wear shoes? (laughs) Probably around here I would. I saw a snake today. It wasn't a scary snake, but I did see one. So along the fence line, up at the front, which is, of course, parallel to a farm-to-market road, Mm -hmm. you've planted these wildflowers. We did the same thing last year, right about this time of year. I probably need to do it twice a year. I probably need to do it in November before a rain and then in March before a rain. And what we did was my dad pulls the tractor with the tiller to do a light till. It's not like we're building a garden where Mm -hmm. we're like working the ground. A light till just to break up the ground. And then I just broadcast all different types of seeds. All those seeds that I saved from last seeds, flower gardens, extra seeds that just didn't get planted. You just kind of stick them in one big bag or... Yeah, kind of. I have sunflower seeds in there. I had some amaranth seeds in there. I threw out black-eyed peas, beans. What I'm trying to do is to add biodiversity to my land, keep my soil healthy by having different types of life growing in it. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I'm pulling in beneficial insects near my gardens. And it's also making the front of my property look pretty so that when people drive by, they're like, what's going on over there? Okay, so that's where I was headed with my question. <laughs> well, speaking of no, getting No, no, all... no, it's my turn. Well, speaking of <laughs> the thing we were just talking about, welcome to our dinner table. I am so glad you came to join us at the dinner table. I've decided we've got to lean into the theater of the mind here. You are at our dinner table and we are discussing, you know, what we are going to discuss today. I agree. I feel like we need to set the table, put some food on it or something, except then I'll want to eat it. So if you plant wildflowers, what kind of wildflowers do you plant? Like my good pop. I'm going to eat it right now. Mm -hmm. 
if we oh. happen to talk about interesting books and an interesting movie in the near future at the dinner table tonight, then what are your favorite movies and books? Yeah, get involved in the conversation. As a matter of fact, send us messages on things that you think about. I like it when people do that because people do send us messages about things mm -hmm. so that we can bring you. So yeah, because we want you to be here at the dinner table. My favorite is when I say something like, I don't know what to do with pork roast. And then I'll get DMs that say, try this, try this, try this. What we should do is set up some kind of like silhouette circle around us. And it, and it can be like the sound barrier because we already have this Phyllis Diller hairdo, whatever this thing is rug? on the chair. Mm -hmm. It's a, a lamb rug. Yeah, we, I'm using that to kill the echo in the room. So we could build a silhouette circle around ourselves. Then the silhouette could be like people at a table. <laughs> so we're eating dinner with like phantasms. Something like that. Right. <laughs> our gate is four miles from the freeway that brings you to our road. Yes. I drive that twice a day now. Uh -huh. And of course I notice what the neighbors are up to. Right. Oh, he's planting. Oh, they need to take their trash in, whatever. Yeah. I can only imagine what the neighbors are saying about what you're doing so close to the road. <laughs> Sharp did slow roll like three times the other day. And I swear up and down, I was like, oh, I went to the garden club. They're they talking about me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you went a, to a local garden club? Oh, yes, funny. exactly. No, it's, a, it's something going on. There's something going on out here. And there's things going on out on this road out well, here. Well, the gardens that you're constantly changing. And you can see the vineyards. Planting and, to harvest yeah. are beautiful. So I imagine that it's just a nice point in people's day when they're making the same commute that I am. Right. People that are used to driving kind of out in the rural areas, you see things that change. Sure. And you get to know the farmers. What are they growing this year? And oh, yeah, they got a good season. And then the best part is, is that you start making up stories. Because you're like, you know, you're like, well, you know, his wife wasn't feeling too well a couple months ago. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they couldn't get the garden planted this year. And... I hear that that girl roams <laughs> the acreage nude. Oh, God. Oh, I know there's got to be stories already. The stories follow me. <laughs> so here's another question for you. When we sit on our back porch, we see a beautiful view of the sunset, the chickens to our left, but we can view that road. And the other day I saw a guy riding his bicycle. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Every day. What do you think of me running on that road? I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, people drive really fast down that road. Yeah, and it's a two-lane road. Of, there's not a, lo a large shoulder. Yeah, and there's a lot of industry, you know, farm trucks, especially during harvest season. Oof. If I asked your parents this question, what would they say? I don't know. My dad has seen a really bad wreck on yeah, this I road. Remember. So, like, a really bad, like, devastating, horrific scene. Next know? time I see that guy riding his bike, I, you know I'm going to flag him down and have a conversation now with him I about it. Now I feel bad because now I'm thinking about the horrific scene that occurred. No, like, I don't even want to talk about that. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to feel it. How's your alcohol fast? Oh, I don't even think about it. It's not even a thing. Like, I'm a good quitter. I really am. I mean, ugh, I never want to commit to quitting sugar or chocolate but if i decided to do it like if i was serious about it i'd just do it because that's what i do unanswered questions. so unanswered questions when we answer the questions that came up last week that we didn't have answers to we talked about the movie come on come on Mm -hmm. We both, I think, right? Both recommend that you see this movie. Absolutely. One of, the things, movie. one of the things that happens in the movie is that the main character, Joaquin Phoenix, a journalist, is reading books while he is 
watching his sister's son in her home. Right. Um, and he's reading it. But what's weird about it is because because he talks to himself on the radio, right. then you also get this like narrated like over voice of him reading this book. And then you figure out he does it like three or four times. Well, the film is narrative. Very. And it's a strange little break in the reality presented because the title of the book and the author is flashed up on the screen as he's reading the book. Kind of like when he switches from town to town, it does that. Los Angeles, Detroit. Yeah. It's a very well done movie. You guys, you got to see it. Here are the names of two of the books that came up last week when we talked about the film a little bit. Mm -hmm. The one about motherhood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mothers, an essay on love and cruelty by Jacqueline Rose. That makes sense. And then I did say last week the whole parachute thing. If you didn't hear that story, you got to go back and listen to it. But now that I know the title of it, that actually makes sense perfectly. And what I was referring to was moms, we're literally just doing the best that we can. From Amazon.com, a simple argument guides this book. Motherhood is the place in our culture where we lodge or rather bury the reality of our own conflicts. Yeah, to a degree, certainly. But the other thing I would say, like as a mother, to me, we're at that point in consciousness where the number one most important thing that you can do for your children is to tell them the truth as you know it. Tell them the truth. Because if you tell them the truth, then you can work through anything with love and kindness and all of that, but you've got to be honest with them. And it's I hard think to tell our kids the truth sometimes for reasons that might make perfect sense to the way we were brought up. Or you mean it's think now. generally hard for people to tell their children the truth because I'm a truth teller and, and I'm one of those people who a lot of times in the beginning of my parenting and certainly probably when my parenting split after a divorce, I just tell my children the truth. Now, there are absolutely some stories about my life that haven't come up in our conversations yet because I don't know that they've been appropriate and time to discuss them yet. I guess that's the thing, time to discuss because both of our sons are 21. Mm-hmm. And when we meet up with them now, it's sometimes hard for me to get my head around the idea, but I try to reacclimate myself every time that we're in that situation mm-hmm. for adults at the table. Yeah, But with, with the like, girls that are still in teenagers, it is difficult. That It's the timing of when do they need to know everything, you know? But as a mom, based on, you know, the book, housing the pain means that we know a lot of stuff. And sometimes when we don't tell the truth because we've harbored this cruelty or we've harbored these pains or whatever, we perpetuate sure. the cruelty and the pains to the next generations. Well, it's and I failure think to equip them. Come minimally. on, come on is so much about this concept of generational curses and just like passing things on and on and that was a part of the movie and it was from the kids perspective and to hear it from the kids perspectives you know or to hear a story based on how they're processing all this stuff and then to hear him reading about a mother's like way of being involved in it because right now in in the world we are extremely angry Because we've had so many lies told to us and we have buried so many lies. Our children are still facing some of the things that we should have broke down four or five generations ago. The mothers are here to now go, okay, like we've been housing the cruelty. Mm -hmm. And that sounds really rough. But the truth is, is that in every home, there's there's stories and they get passed. This Amazon synopsis continues mothers are the ultimate scapegoat for our personal and political failings 
for everything that is wrong with the world, which becomes their task, unrealizable, of course, to repair. I think everybody's getting the blame right now. Yeah. Because now it's like the misogynistic conversation. As a mother, because I'm a mother, what I can say is the best thing, mothers, that we can do as we move forward is to tell our children the truth. Okay. Be honest. The second book in the film that we wanted to Mm -hmm. remember what it was. This is the one you said is going to be a gift. Absolutely. Star Child by Claire A. Nivola. Yes. And when, when he started reading that book, it blew me away because I was like, how did that book get into not something that's mainstream popular? Certainly not. Cause come on, come on. It's not a mainstream popular movie, mm-hmm. but something that is in like the big screen, you like look at the screen movie, like this is a big deal that it's there. Cause that is such an important eye opening story that every human being needs to read today. This is the synopsis that the publisher gave websites to post. Okay. It's a little bit long. The star child, a tiny flame of vapor, invisible and timeless, watches the earth from far, far away. He marvels at the blue swirls of the ocean and the green land, a bright spot turning through the darkness of space. He wants to go to this wondrous place, but he ponders, what will that life be like? You will be plunged into earth's river of time, his elders tell the star child. There will be so much for you to learn and so much for you to feel. Pleasure and fear, joy and disappointment, sadness and wonder. Yeah. I I want to read that. It's really good. It's like one of the stories that a lot of people were using to explain to the first stream of people that were willing to hear, well, wait a minute. Like, okay, we're Christian. We, that's, we believe that, but also that. there's got to be something more that we don't understand because the things that we've been taught and told don't seem to be working. We're watching. I mean, even to this day, if we Mm -hmm. look at, you know, because I started, I probably ran across or read that book or heard somebody tell the story or whatever in like 2010. So this is 12 years later. And this is a conversation that is in this type of movie. It's out there now. We're actually going to talk about this on a broader scale, not like it's some completely, and maybe I'm making this up in my head and maybe everybody in our audience picks up this book and goes, no, she really is a hippie dippy woo-doo, woo-woo, whatever. But for me, it's just like, how do we, it's like, it's like when the bucket story started coming out. There's some, there's a book out there somewhere. Maybe you can add this to your unanswered prayers, unanswered prayers, (laughs) to your unanswered questions. <laughs> Sometimes I thank God. I've been singing that Dun-dun. song a lot lately for some reason. It's been the like running. Like... Garth Brooks' first album hit me right <laughs> when that country. Go ahead. What, is, what the, am I adding to What do you call it? The, the music soundtrack. It's been the soundtrack of my life. There was this book that started being sold or shared about how if you fill your bucket with good things, then your bucket's full and then your bucket starts to overflow and then you share good things with other people and it was just because like your bucket so full. fill your bucket full or and or the converse fill your bucket with badness and it starts to splash out too and right. that's what you're sharing right and so i remember when that got out there that book was like out there and it, and it was being passed around everywhere and i was like oh this is so good because we're the conversation, these conversations, and we're, we're doing it with the children. Like we're telling children's stories and that generation is learning things about their like multiplicity and they're learning things about their light. And 
new stories that can be told. And now they're coming back and saying like, no, we're not going to allow that kind of behavior that should have stopped five generations ago because we love, and that hurts people and that hurts animals and that hurts the earth. And Uh, and also the youngest are the majority (laughs) when the old people are holding on to the culture that they know, making fun of the younger people. Well, when we are so outnumbered by younger people, right? All they got to do is learn their power. Yeah. They've actually learned their power faster. No doubt. Except that I don't know that they're, they're not always necessarily equipped across the board. I mean, they're equipped. We still trained them with some of the bad shit. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. even though we were training them with a lot of the good, the new good stuff. Well, I mean, are they only as effective as the effectiveness of their teachers? Yeah. Because if that's the case. But the most important part of it is the expansiveness part of it. It means that this little light of mine and this little truth of mine that Mm -hmm. gets passed down to the next generation just grows and grows and grows and grows very fast. It grows bigger and more expansive. So that's why the snowflake thing, like the generational thing of lets us older people call younger people snowflakes because they're more, I guess, equipped to speak their emotional truths. Mm-hmm. to a generation that clearly can't handle the speaking of emotional truth. Yeah, and I hate the fact that the media gets involved in like... Anything? Those, yeah, <laughs> those cultural conversations. Because the thing about it is, is like safe zone. Like safe zone became a bad thing. Like, oh, you know, like... like Go get in your safe zone, snowflake. Well, yeah, and then like even saying that out loud like makes my heart hurt. There's a zone of safety, and I ask for a zone of safety all of the time. And it's people, a generation that doesn't realize that a zone of safety is a there, b important. It's there. Why would you not embrace a zone of safety? Like, why would you not do that? When you, because when you get all grown up like us, you come out here in the unsafe zone. <laughs> what? Well, well I no, mean. Thank you. It's just that there's a new generation that just won't anymore. No, I can tell you as a mother of them, I'm not going to put up with those lies anymore. And I'm going to teach them that above and beyond, I'll just tell you the truth. And if I tell you the truth, then you can call me whatever you need to call me. If it was bad, if it hurt you, whatever. But we can now learn from the things that we did, the decisions that we made, and the ways that I survived when maybe I didn't have a safe zone. <laughs> you know, like, anyways, I, we've gotten very philosophical very quickly today. <laughs> Last week, we asked each other, what food would you choose for an eating competition that you are involved in? Right. And I said, chicken wings. Mm-hmm. That was a good choice. Dinner tonight. Ah. As soon as we get done recording. Nice. Chicken wings. So when you eat chicken wings, there's two pieces that they serve, two different shapes, a little drumstick. And then I couldn't, I did not know the name of the other one. Mm-hmm. The little drumstick is called a drumette. Mm-hmm. The other piece is called a flat. Okay. That's it's the I one with probably know. two parallel bones and the meat kind of in the center parallel. Right. I'll be enjoying some of those later tonight. Me too. What kind of sauce are you going to put on them? Uh, let's Just discuss like it. I was going to give you know, a typical wing sauce. What did, did you have something else in mind? The night's young enough for me to do anything you want. Well, we've got a lot of cilantro. So maybe there's some kind of a creamy cilantro sauce. Tune in next week. We'll tell you how it went. Yeah. (laughs) 
dinner the other night began when you sent me a text with a recipe in it. No, 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 no. That's not how it went down. I'll tell you how it went down. Mm. It was cold again on the coast of South Texas, and Joe wanted to make me a frittata and a salad, yeah. which sounds really good in March generally, but it was served warm. really freaking cold, and I'd been outside all day long. So my mind goes to soup. And then what happens is, and this is the trick I'll tell you guys, is that I learned to manipulate Joe hmm. to use the vegetables and make what I want. I like it when you do that. And the reason is I want him, and if I give him something really interesting and something he can talk about on the podcast, then he will make me the thing that I want, which is soup. So I thought, sweet potatoes. That's what I want him to cook because I have a lot of sweet potatoes. So I went over and I did a little search and a Thai curry chicken sweet potato soup with fresh bok choy and he made it and it was amazing so delicious tell us what you made creamy thai sweet potato chicken soup mm-hmm. step one mm-hmm. thaw my making frozen a soup. chicken making a soup 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 i love building a soup <laughs> no how does it go <laughs> ask your listeners no i gotta do it spontaneously soon to thaw my frozen chicken leg quarter i stick it in the instant pot with a little bit of our homemade broth for zero minutes comes to full pressure and then just stops that gets the chicken thawed mm-hmm. cut it off the bone mm-hmm. get the instant pot ready to start a one pot soup where soup soup i love building a soup that's how it goes <laughs> do all the prep peel and chop the sweet potatoes i know we don't normally peel sweet potatoes but the recipe said that i should so i did clean my bok choy the bok choy I had just harvested that day, and I have the most beautiful bok choy I've ever seen. It's little, it's petite. And so when he said that, I was like, oh, this is going to be so perfect. I couldn't wait to eat it. Oil in the Instant Pot. Then add ginger, garlic, and red pepper Thai chili paste. Mm-hmm. Where do you get that from? I get that just at the grocery store. Okay. You can go to an Asian market and have better selection, but probably more authentically Asian selection as well. Okay. But we're trying to make it easy on you guys because I'm telling you right now, this recipe you're going to want to make. Yeah. And right now is a good time of year if you've got a bucket of sweet potatoes or next year when you've got a bucket of sweet potatoes and it's cold and you also are doing mustard greens or bok choy or any of those like kind of bitter greens are going to be perfect for this kind of dish. I'm glad you said make it easy on you because I want to run something by you. Yeah. For a recipe prior to this one, I had purchased a squeeze bottle of ginger. ginger. We've already had a conversation here at the dinner table about purchasing pre-minced garlic in the glass jars that are in the produce section. Mm-hmm. I keep that around the house. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing a deterioration of flavor between using that and using raw garlic, fresh garlic. Okay. Does it? What are some of the preserving agents they're using for that kind of thing? I will let you know. Because that's the question for me, you know. If if it's oh, if it's flavor, I don't want to answer this question because I don't want to give up the convenience. Go ahead. No, no, I, I'm not expecting you to give up the convenience of it. I am I if it's got MSG you, in it, but oh, if it's got MSG in uh, it, then we should have looked at it before. I didn't make me sick. I'm fine. Like I never had any problems with it. Mm-hmm. So it has to do with not just is it going to set you off like every single time. Is it just putting things into your system on a regular basis? Sure. All different kinds of yeah. things into your system on a regular basis. Nineteen ingredients, McDonald's French fries. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. Then the ginger will answer the same question for this ginger. It's funny that you were having this conversation on the podcast right now because my mom made kimchi because I had a bunch of daikon radishes and some Napa cabbage. Mm-hmm. And she was like, 
do you have fresh ginger? So if you had bought fresh ginger for this particular recipe, then you could have used it for an next door neighbor as well, which is just an interesting calamity of things that occur. It's just that we said like last the, week... When you need the quality, you use the quality. And when you don't, you just, you know... Understood. We talked about, you know, that chicken rice casserole that came from a Campbell's soup recipe that was filled with processed ingredients. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to buy that, but here I am buying this processed ingredient. So I did want to run it by you. Let's look at it and see how, how much of a demon it actually is. <laughs> so I put that mixture in my Instant Pot, the ginger, the garlic, the red pepper paste, and I'm stirring it with oil just to get it aromatic. That's when like the house just fills up with that aroma. Mm-hmm. Then you add that cut up chicken and saute that till it was kind of done. Then add your chopped sweet potatoes, the white firmer portion of the bok choy. Well, you could have added all of the bok choy. Excuse me, stay tuned. I'm not quite to that part yet. Well, because the firmer parts of the bok choy, that bok choy was baby bok choy, so there were no really firmer parts of that bok choy. If you had a bigger bok choy, like, when you go to the restaurant and you get like a big piece of bok choy, sure. it's got a thick white center right. in it. And if that's part of the bok choy that you're using at home, you're going to put that in now. Yes. Some more of our chicken broth. Put the lid on, cook it for a little bit. Then when you take that off, what it's done is degraded the sweet potatoes to a mush that becomes the thickness of your soup. Oh, yeah. That's the same as the starch that the chef used in the dressing that he made the whole conversation about yeah. sweet potato starch yeah yeah, yeah. exactly you're exactly right uh-huh. then you're gonna add two cans of coconut milk and the baby parts of the bok choy okay 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 got it so it just so happened that we just happen to have only baby bok choy and some of my bok choy will grow big you know stir it till it's thick taste it add salt pepper whatever you wanted it calls for squeezing lime juice onto the top of the serving bowls but i squeeze lime juice into the recipe Okay. Laid some cilantro on top of the, each bowl. It was so good. It, it was, was really, really, so really good. good. Yeah, it was really, really good. You should all make it. It's very easy. I'm going to post it. The recipe I'm going to post has stovetop directions as well. Go for it. I'm going to be a little vague. An occasion has arisen for me to do some work mm-hmm. on myself is what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, do the work is the thing I always say. Like it shouldn't be, this is like diet. It's the same thing. It's the same it thing. shouldn't be something you do because there's an occasion to do it. That's the thing. Oh, like, no, I think that there's an occasion for someone to say, whoa, 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 wait a second. Why am I acting this way? Uh, what am I doing that I could improve in my life? Sure. But the thing is, this is that meditation or journaling and meditation time, like taking the time to read from a daily message that you read and doing some meditation and you know whatever things mm-hmm. people do journal all those things those are lifestyle shifts those oh, no, are no not, doubt you no know doubt. and yes there are things that occur that make you go that make you realize that you've not been doing the things that you that should be you pee every day you drink coffee every day this one is one of the everyday things too you pee every day <laughs> at least once <laughs> In the morning. So here's how I know when I'm doing the work. When I am using my journal, which is a spiral notebook. And you've had the same spiral notebook for like six years. I don't do all of the work that I need to do. Yeah. And what I did in this journal at some previous time was find some real applicable nugget for my life and and see that it worked. And I would write that down on the very front page. 
it has to be important to put it on this front page. But when I open my journal, the very first page is my life guidelines, right? Just wrote that up top. Sometimes I think you have too many rules. Number two on this list is meditate daily. And then later on, in some other journaling frenzy, I wrote next to it without fail. To be honest with you, I'd gotten way, way, way away from doing that daily. I had failed, right? <laughs> I had failed my own life guideline that I'd set for myself. That's what I'm talking about with the rules. Making a list of rules that you end up breaking. What it's it? like, to me, it's no different than like setting your, what do you call it at the beginning of the year? Hold on. Do you think people and yourself should meditate daily? Yes. Okay. Then is that a rule? I don't know. Rules the word you're using. It's the word I well, use. That, that's what I'm about to say is that well, I'm we, create, we create resolutions at the beginning of the year. Okay. Just because that's what you do at the beginning of the year. You What's your New Year's resolution? Right. And then you got to come up with something. Else. Yeah. I'm going to make a list and these are the things I'm going to do and I'm going to do these things every single day and you make this long list and then you, you fail. You fail until it's a lifestyle shift. That's the reason why I gave the example of you pee every day, right? That's how important this part of the day is. How did it become a situation where you have to make it a chore on your list of things to do? You don't have to make it a chore on your list of things to do to go pee. Yeah, what it, is your thing right now? What do you do in the morning? I wake up, I check the weather, I walk to the bathroom, letting the dog out to go to the bathroom. That's at 5.30 a.m. Then I allow myself to waller around again, maybe go to the bathroom again, <laughs> and then I go out, make coffee, drink a glass of water, journal, meditate, read from the course, do a lesson, do some more meditation, and then that's about the time that you walk in. So when you say that you meditate in that order of events, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Especially for someone that maybe has never meditated before. Well, meditation just is um, sitting quietly long enough to quiet your mind. And for me to get my daily message because I got quiet enough to then know how to listen and look for the right paths throughout the day that are not about ego, but are about the way that I want to go. I was looking online before we got together to talk about this and I saw article after article after article about how there has been an explosion in meditation since the pandemic. For one reason, people that might have been in a relationship with a counselor or a therapist or psychologist, psychiatrist, couldn't get face to face for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And people were looking for alternative ways to take care of their mental health. Right. And it was also a explosive download of meditation apps. Mm-hmm. There's, there could be guided meditations on there, as I understand it, or, you know, it's a reminder of calendaring, you know, like do this every day. Mm-hmm. So I think more and more people are doing it, meditation. Based on the conversations I'm having, right? more and more people are talking about meditating, mm-hmm. but they're not actually meditating. And that's the thing, like for me, when I was going to meditate for the first time, per, a purposeful meditation, it, I had to like, well, what do you do? And how does that work? And like, what do yeah. you do? Yeah. People don't know how to meditate. Right. Which is very odd, but it is. I mean, oh, it's, it's not odd. It's, it's just not odd, odd that we don't know how to shut our brains off. That's the thing is that yeah. we are almost conditioned, especially with the smartphone, to constantly have stimulation, screen stimulation, you know, uh, work stimulation, with kids the more you stimulation, do it, parenting the stimulation. It is. Yeah. Without a doubt. That's, and it's that's not what I've just meditation. Too. It's mm-hmm. just being quiet. See, years ago, I stopped driving in my car. I don't drive with the music on all the time. I love the music and I roll my windows down and I turn it up real loud. But I also don't just always have 
the radio running mm-hmm. radio like we have a radio right. anymore. Sometimes it's just quiet. I just want quiet. And then, of course, sometimes in the garden, I just want quiet. And then I also meditate. So I'm constantly looking for quiet. Right. No sound. And I find myself realizing that when someone asks me, like, what are you thinking about? Nothing. And I'm like, damn, I'm good at that shit. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'll tell you what, I mean, for me, that is so hard to do. I have such an active mind. I'm not saying superior mind. I'm saying active mind. I'm always thinking about something, playing out a scenario. So what's the point of being quiet? So when you call meditation the stilling of the mind, Uh for some people like myself, you must be purposeful with it because I know nothing else prior to that moment. So here I found this article, How Does Meditation Help? I'll go through a few of these. Tell me if they work for you. Improved learning ability and memory? No. Improved focus and concentration? I, I don't do meditation for these reasons. Like, keep going. Increased productivity? No. Enhanced mood and emotional stability? Yes. Reduced anxiety and stress? Yes. Increased compassion? Yes, absolutely. Greater creativity? Yes. Reduced anger? Yes. Enhanced presence and ability to live in the moment. Yes. As well as the many psychological benefits, there are a surprising number of physical benefits. Lower blood pressure, strengthened immune system, slowing of the aging process. Sure. All of that. Yeah. And on and on and on. See, for me, meditation is about aligning. The more you align, the easier it is to align in your just natural flow of everything. One of the things I notice after I get back into it for a period of time is mental focus. It's easier for me to focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could definitely. That That's actually, for you, that's like the main reason I encourage you to turn the music off and stop your brain for a little while. Right. Because you're so busy in your mind that you're not actually aware of what's actually happening around you sometimes. Oh, yeah. I, I'll cop to that. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. And, and why, why, like maybe you guys here with us, why are we that way? Those of us like that. Why you're protecting are yourself from way? quiet. You're protecting yourself from what your brain might say to you if you let it get quiet enough to come from deep inside. Right. So the focus of the meditations that I do is to not be thinking. And since the human mind must be thinking, then what they give you to think about is your breath. This is probably like for beginners. Like, you know, if you've never done this before, focus on your breath. Focus on the sound of your breath. Focus on what your chest, lungs, body feels like as you breathe in and you breathe out. And then what happens when I'm doing it is, oh, I didn't pick up a butter at the grocery store. What else do I need from the grocery store? Oh, I'm I'm thinking. Let me focus on my breath. And it took me, it, it will take me again a couple weeks to even get to a fraction of where you said you were a little while ago. The deal is, the deal that changes it is when you stop stopping yourself and you start allowing it to just flow through. You mean the like a conversation about a grocery list, for example? Is that what you're talking about? Well, first of all, those types of things occur when you don't have a practice of it at all. When you don't have a practice of quiet oh, yeah, at all. That's I'm talking about beginners. Like, yeah. No, but even, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that one of the things that you could do to help that, which will help your meditation, is to turn it off at other times a day. You need to practice turning your brain off. 
So turn sound off and just practice turning your brain off throughout the day, even while you're driving. Practice turning your brain off all day so that when you allow yourself to sit down, then when a thought comes across your mind, it's not just like this random, just like all the time, just like stuff flying at you. Instead, it's more like, oh, remember that time that Susie spit gum at you and it's stuck in your hair and then your mom had to cut a chunk of your hair out and that was really mean of Susie and then you just let it go. You let it go by. And then you remember that time that you had birthday cake and it was blue and it was so much fun and it turned your lips blue and you just let it go by. And then you get to the point where it's just easy for like the, and then you can have the the beautiful ones that blow by. Yeah, I think that you definitely would get to that point. But my personality is here at the beginning, like I'm more aware of the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Because right now, if I let it just fly, the meditation 15 minutes maybe that I set aside for myself will be over and I have just been flying. But that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I'll try that. Because the thing about it is, is you've got to let it off your mind. Mm -hmm. You've got to let it go. It's like holding your pee in the morning. You can't hold your pee. Well, it's the same thing. You can't hold. So what you do is you put something else that makes noise to try to get your brain to be quiet. Right, but not while I'm meditating. No, not while you're meditating, but in life. So one of the things that I often do, and this is the thing with like, if you're trying to go to sleep, like sometimes people use meditation to try to go to sleep. Sure. And at that point, you've got to turn your brain off. So, okay, I'm going to go to sleep, but I'm going to look at a black screen. I'm going to look at a black screen. I'm going to look at a black screen. That can help you learn to just turn your mind off. Then once you begin to learn to turn your mind off, then sometimes you can start looking for other types of colors. Like you can look for red. Am I really red right now? Is my screen, but that's only once you've been able to turn it black, turn my screen black, turn it, I'm turning it off. I'm turning my, and you can actually say those words to yourself a lot more times and you can practice breathing and all of those things help to like calm you. Right. Practicing breathing helps. You should breathe like really all the time. I constantly throughout the day, unclench my jaw, drop my shoulders and take a deep breath all day long. And then what your body is tightening up to where, why is my jaw clenched? Oh, I'm doing more than clenching my jaw. I grind my teeth back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I find myself doing it throughout the day all day long. So the breath part of it is a different kind of like focus. And like vibration of your cells and like waking things up and like allowing yourself to like quietly get into the flow. Meditation is easier when you integrate throughout your entire day, Mm -hmm. turn my mind off sure, and unclench my jaw and take a breath. One of the ways that was really helpful to me, like when I turned it off, turned off meditation, because I do have breaks sometimes where it's just, but now... I don't think I would have breaks from it anymore because I'm to a different point of life where meditation is the way I live. It's my whole everyday, all day thought processes is to meditate. When I'm not meditating throughout the day, that's when I have the breaks, the, the an explosion. And usually it has to do with hormones and also like triggers and, you know, shit like that. <laughs> and those are the ones we learn how to control. Or we don't. Or we don't. Right. <laughs> exactly. But the breathing because if you're if you're using meditation to learn to get into the flow or focus or creativity or control yourself or whatever, 
If you don't practice those things when you're not in a bad position, then you can't do it when you're in a bad position. That was a question I asked a little while ago. Why meditate? Why? And you said focus. That helps you focus, right? But what are you focusing on while you're meditating? What's the focus you're receiving from that while you're meditating? You want to carry it over into other parts of your life, right? For me, the focus is to not focus. Then why are you meditating? For all of the reasons that we just gave. And I think what's interesting about this conversation and all of these conversations is that we always come at things with two different points of view, except for our love of come on, come on. You are more experienced at it. So yeah, you're the one that I am going to go to to learn about it when I'm at level one, level 10, whatever. What I'm trying to tell you is is that you're wasting your time on a bunch of levels that, that, that aren't necessary. So how, what would you tell a beginner on how to meditate for the very first time? For the very first time, I like using really good like sounds in my ear, binaural beats or some kind of like meditative type of sound. Not words, just sound. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, breath is an important part of the breathing. Like you were saying, that, that one is a really good one for practicing. But then also blacking your screen out, like I said, and just say, I see a black screen. Yeah. I see a black screen. I see a black screen. I see a black screen. But so important past that is that throughout your day, you do the same thing. It's not like, oh, I meditated today already. No, I'm at a stoplight. I don't have the music playing. And so I take a deep breath. You know, don't close your light eyes while you're driving. But when you can, like you're at your desk, you're um, in the dentist lobby, you know, instead of being like, I don't have to wait so long, close your eyes. Or I'm nervous and about what's about to so happen. People will see me all of the time now where you might wonder what the heck is going on. I have my eyes closed a lot because I meditate throughout the day. And I'm just saying that the practice becomes like peeing. It's just... Sure. Or brushing your teeth. When I teach meditation, because mm -hmm. I teach meditation, yeah. I, I always take away the rule. I always tell... I literally, that's how I start. The, no, the most important rule to meditation is there are no rules. Sit quietly. Take a deep breath. Stop, turn your mind off for a minute. Be in the blackness. Do, do it for five minutes. Then tomorrow, do it for five minutes again, but also do it at the dentist lobby. You know, there's not a bunch of rules and we have created a bunch of rules that make it more difficult on us. All we're trying to do is quiet our mind and give ourselves a break. That's it. And we're going to have creative flow that's going to align with us. We're going to have better health that's going to align with us. Take breaths, five breaths, 10 breaths. That's meditation. That's what I'm trying to say is that we're making it too hard on ourselves. That's why no one's meditating and people are just talking about meditating because it's like, I got to sit down and meditate for 15 minutes a day. No, you don't. You don't. All you have to do is take a deep breath and close your eyes and get quiet. Turn the radio off. Turn the media off. Turn the shit off that's blaring in your ears and just get quiet for five minutes. Do that. Let's bring this episode home with our random question of the week. All right. This is an easy one. If you were to write a book, what would it be about? I've got three half-written books in my head. Fun. They're all fiction. That's a lot of stuff in your head, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> well, I think I'm trying to meditate. <laughs> One, to bring it back to our horror conversation the last two weeks, is a, like a scary book about the haunted house industry when I mean that like at Halloween time when the haunted houses pop up and you go and Jason's in there and scares you and you 
That's interesting. That's inside your head. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you do need to meditate. Number the second one is a like a um I'm trying to think of a director that has a big ensemble and it all kind of comes together at the end. Kind of like Paul Thomas Anderson movie. But the ensemble are the people that work and perform at a jazz club. Mm-hmm. You know, there's love triangles and the owner is a wizened old man that that doles out advice to the young jazz players. And it's modern day, even though jazz music isn't as popular as, of course, it was in the 40s. It's as if jazz was as popular. Mm-hmm. But it, So that's another book that I've written on in my mind for decades. Uh, <laughs> and the third one I don't even want to talk about. Okay. So if I wrote a book, it'd be a fiction book. And I've got plenty of ideas if I ever wanted to try. Fun. Maybe you should give it a try sometime. We, were, we just started a movie last night called Shirley uh-huh. about Shirley Jackson, who's famous for writing The Lottery, a short uh-huh. story. And... I find it fascinating how her and her husband in this fictionalized account of a portion of her life talk about it being the work mm-hmm. and we need to get her back to the desk where uh-huh. the typewriter is, you know, cause it's work. It's an eight hour day. Uh huh. Right. Writing. Yeah. I never entered into that casually cause I knew I wouldn't be able to do the work required to probably put out something really great. Huh. What about you? I have two books and they will come out eventually. One is what I would consider more of like a memoir, but always from a garden angle with me. Mm -hmm. And it's called My Backyard Business. To me, the story idea there is like the barbershop, like the things that are the stories that are told in the barbershop, the stories that are told in your backyard. Uh And because I'm kind of the backyard business, like technically technical business kind of person, what I really mean is like your backdoor business, like your quiet business, the quiet business that you don't tell everybody about or that you don't talk about and kind of talking about some of those stories that help you to develop to be the type of garden that you are in life from the backyard business that has occurred. So there's some stuff there to, to work with. Then I have another book called Everything I Ever Needed to Know in Life, I Learned in the Garden. Right. And that is absolutely like an easy book to write because I could just like make a list every day of just like the next name of the chapter, everything I ever learned in the garden. Um, The best way to learn is with your hands in the dirt. You know, all of these different things that I have. Because what happens with me is, is that I learn while I'm there looking at the way things grow and change. And while I'm like watching the birds that come over to stand next to the garden where the grub is in the ground and the bird understanding something that teaches me the thing that I need to understand about life in order to lead life. And I guess the thing about it is, is that what I'm learning right now is that everything that we've learned about life is kind of wrong and jacked up <laughs> so so, so instead, get to a garden immediately exactly exactly sometimes i think you have too many rules well thank you so much for listening to another episode of dinner table talks we will be back next monday with a fresh episode in the meantime hit us up on social media send us an email dm us whatever We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. You're going to have to keep us on track because I talked a lot already. Yeah, it's all right.